Hello, welcome to another episode of Time Spot on the Beat with me, K. Rajan of the New Street Times. Today in the studio, we have journalist, co-founder of 2213, Mr. Harish Dior. We are going to talk about uh, the recently concluded 2023 Hangzhou Asian Games as, as well as the uh, Merdeka Tournament which ended on Tuesday. Harish, thank you so much for making time to attend our session today. Most welcome. Uh, um, I mean, the short intro, you were looking at the phone, so I was thinking you're going to be reading a wrong uh, text, but yeah, okay, anyway... Um, uh-huh. It's good to finally have you With my session I have other guys before coming in uh-huh. uh, Happy to see you here Good, happy to be uh, back in the studio <laughs> Moving on Yes, we have talked about the Asian Games uh, Hangzhou Asian Games I think the dust have settled now mm-hmm. uh, It's time to have a clarity of what's going on What's going to happen mm-hmm. To summarize We had 6 goals 8 silver 18 mm-hmm. bronze uh, We achieved 31 medals overall exceeding the 27 medal target set by the uh, ministry mm. uh, youth and sports looking at that what's your opinion are we heading to the right direction or this thing is same thing that repeating the cycle is still have not changed now, I think it really depends on how you look at it so you have rightfully justified the numbers just before we the national contingent left for Hangzhou there was a particular target set which was 27 medals in total um, and yes if we were to be basing it simply on that simplistic uh, account then of course uh, it would be seen as uh, uh, an achievement simply because uh, we have won 32 you know medals overall but if you look at it at a macro level um, you take a step back you look at it um, over the years and you will then realize that um, how much have we really progressed if you ask me I had written this um, immediately after the national contingent written while not disrespecting the good work by our athletes but I feel overall Uh, Malaysian sports has pretty much stagnated and I think I'm being very polite here by saying so and uh, yeah I hope that pretty much summarizes where we are heading because I don't really see progress so to speak yeah but then not to uh, a few days ago we were given cheers uh, with the fact that squash would be part of the uh, 2028 LA Olympics and given the fact that Um, our young squash team did extremely well at the Asian Games. In fact, they were the uh, the leaders or the, I would say the champions, so to speak, um, of the champions yeah, uh, for the Malaysian contingent. So that pretty much injects some form of hope moving forward. Looking at that realistically, uh, now the the mood, we are looking at LA28, uh, but Paris is much more closer. Do you see the results from the Asian Games is indicative, uh, whether it's positive or negative? heading to Paris? Uh, it really depends on the type of sports. Uh, for some sports, yes, it is a clear indication of where we will be in Paris. Now, some people will say that, oh, we still have time. There's still another 280 odd days left. Uh, yet, 280 odd days is quite fast. Uh, yeah, And uh, in fact, we shouldn't be having any conversation about Paris. It's that that bus has left, that Paris yes. bus has left. Yeah? Um, we should be talking about 2028 and onwards. Um, but given the fact that you've raised... Um, Paris 2024 um, yeah for some sports it's a clear indicator of where we're headed and for certain sports um, we may you know perhaps uh, spring a surprise but I still can't see clarity simply because realistically speaking we are just hanging on to the likes of Dr. Azuzola Hasniawa for cycling we're still hoping for that elusive gold medal from the badminton team um, which you and I know for a fact that badminton is an open uh, you know anything can happen it's open season at the moment anything can happen no one name dominates the scene so yeah and then I mean Realistically speaking, who else? Because if we look at our sailors, for example, their standards compared to the uh, at the, the world fleet. level, the yeah. fleet is just too right. far ahead. Right. They are natural, regular. They are used to sailing in Europe, Australia, US. Right. It's common for them. We only have one center in Langkawi. <laughs> 
Correct. Yes, so, we have Shazreen qualifying for her third Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's positive, but let's be realistic. So it's good for the sport. It's good for yes. her, but realistically speaking, you know, it's not going to create much. I think then. she also aware that yeah. she she would probably want to move up the fleet, but a medal it's difficult. Coming back to Azizol, uh, he's thirty four. Mm. And he's coming off a uh, heart surgery. He have uh, crashed before. I wouldn't use the age as an excuse, mm-hmm. but yes, the heartbeat. Yeah. So there, there is uh-huh. a bigger obstacle for him. There's yeah. now there's a physical limitation. Just like you said, I agree. He never shows his age mm-hmm. when he's competing. I totally agree with you. The the flight, mm-hmm. the Paris have left. We yeah. we have basically should have moved away. Planned for 2028 LA um, and beyond. True, beyond. But it seems there's there's this simplistic view of annual budgeting. The annual the budget was announced last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are calls. Even you have mentioned that it should be an Olympic cycle. Uh, but we still have not adapting to that approach yet. Uh, that's that's quite um, expected. Simply because governments have got limited funds. Uh, I think you've seen this in the. Uh, a recent uh, budget 2024 that was tabled by the prime minister himself who is also the finance minister and uh, it's quite clear that the amount allocated for sports is perhaps um, way lower than what we saw in budget 2023 yeah if i'm not mistaken it's 2.5 million lesser than the allocation for the tokyo olympic more importantly yeah. they said that is 72 million with 20 million set aside for the rtg yes. program so that leaves elite sports with just 52 million and you and i know for a fact that in sports um, you know money it's 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 a big business uh, especially elite sports yeah and it finishes so fast correct yeah. and the the part that we are Having the same pitfalls again. You have mentioned it so many times. You have written about it so many times. Yeah. Accountability. How much we need to spend to get one yeah. gold medal. We are we are fixated for that one gold medal for every Olympic edition, yeah. and we always fail to cross the finishing line. Now, I I, I think um, my my fixation of often asking those questions is that um, I think we should stop having double standards. Yeah, uh, meaning to say that. Uh, when this government was the opposition, um, they had demanded for transparency and accountability. But today, when they are in power, a simple question about how much did the Road to Gold Committee spend on flying to Japan to learn more about sports, so to speak, until today, we've not received an answer. We heard so much about the 2017 Sea Games, the counts of it still not made public. So, th- what I cannot stand is actually the double standards and the hypocrisy, and it's even made worse by blind loyalists who just go out and go like terbaik mantap, mm. and these people living in a bubble get excited that the fact that they've got their machais, you know, yeah. ballooning. They are bubble. So, so at the end of the day, if you ask me, I, I, it's not that I'm anti any person, but you know, let's be objective. Since day one, I've been asking these questions, regardless who came into power. So, what sickens me, as I said, is the hypocrisy. Yeah, it's a big echo chamber. Everyone, uh-huh. uh, uh, like you said, it's a it's a balloon. Everyone in the cocoon, and everyone is happy what's happening. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's even more. So sorry to digress a bit, but it's even more insulting when they expect the press to be parrots. Mm. Yeah, a statement yeah. comes out, and you know, just report it as it is. Yeah, when when you feel questions, you you don't really get the answers. True. Yeah, you, you have been in the industry. You know, things have not changed. It's still the same. It's repeating. Yeah. And, and, and but yeah, let's go back to. Uh, <laughs> Getting back to the, yeah, the, the Olympics, Olympics. Um, again, there was expectation again on certain badminton players. Again, they seem to struggle for form. Mm-hmm. It seems there's a block somewhere. It's either the independent players have clashes with the national setup. If that sorted out, performance is not there. To be fair, they are the best bet, like you said. 
badminton is open mm. anyone could win the gold medal on the day they are the best pet but they are the one that is uh, seriously underperforming we had lizija winning a title earlier last week mm-hmm. so we are not in the finals regularly do you see that they can turn the ship around they can get Okay, l- let's be fair here, yeah. Let's take this conversation back six to seven years ago. Chong Wei and Lin Dan were dominating the scene, correct? Lin Dan wasn't winning all the tournaments. Okay. He wasn't bothered about his. He was Ranking. more rankings. He was more interested in the fact that the rankings cukup makan to enter into the major events, yeah. But yet, when he came to the Olympic. He won, so I think it's all about the calculation as to what you're preparing for. Strategy, yeah. the strategy behind it. Now, I still maintain that, as you rightfully pointed out, that badminton still remains as the best bet. Why? Because you know anyone can take it, anyone can be at the top of the podium. The current performance of certain players, yes, uh, it creates a question mark. Even the stakeholders are a bit worried simply because they can't seem to see: is it heading towards the right direction, or are, are we going to spend, invest so much on these people and then? No, not going to get the returns that we expect. Uh, nevertheless, this is sport. Yeah, menangkalah ada permainan, and we'll never know. Yeah, yeah. But the hype has to be managed. Yeah, I think leading towards 2024, the stakeholders need to remember that they need to manage the hype. They need not inject too much of expectations because, as we have already mentioned earlier, there's only a handful of them who are capable. Of pulling it off on paper, there's yeah, this. it's only that. So let's manage expectations so that we know what we are heading into. Now the question would then be, Alamak, we've invested so much, mm. and you know, now you're telling us to manage our expectations. That's unfair. Yes, I totally agree. Simply because so much of money has been spent, so many you know uh, programs uh, renamed, named, you know, changed with personalities, but the the core objective remained, and. and It goes back to my assessment that you asked earlier about the Asian Games, and I maintain that we've stagnated. You know, there's nothing much to be proud of. Okay. Um, given the billions of ringgit that we've invested in sports, taxpayers' money, yeah. You would say stagnating. I feel regressing because <laughs> no, the I, numbers are dwindling. It's not because of the athletes. Mm-hmm. It's the same pitfall. I think you have written so many times about accountability from from the stakeholders, the guys who run the sport. Things still have not changed. Some of the websites, uh, sports, they don't even have a website. They don't even have a Facebook That's page. That's a different conversation for another the, day, my friend. The, the <laughs> things, uh, it's doing it's the same thing and yeah. expecting a different result. Yeah. We have ministers come and go. Yeah. Sports personality come and go. Even team officials come and go. When do you see that the wake up call? When do we need to wake up from this slumber? Look, that. It's it's not going to be a complete reset that you and I think, or perhaps in an ideal world that you can just wake up one day and just press the pause button, you know, rewind, rewind. back again. It 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 doesn't work like that. Um, everyone will have their own interpretation as to what progress is. Everyone will have their own interpretation as to how Malaysian sports should move forward. And my take is that we cannot undo the systematic. Abuse of Malaysian sports that has been ingrained in our society for the past what sixty odd years. Yeah, it's it's that very. It's ingrained. It's it's ingrained. It's 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 to some people that's that's life. That's the way it is. You know. So the only way for there to be real changes is when you get more people involved in sports. And when I say that, I mean more people playing sports. All three of us in this room should be active in you know. A sport or two, yeah, um, and then our children, um, our elders. So when you get more people involved in sports, you will then see more people drawn into representing the clubs, representing the sport, 
in their own way, whether it's at the grassroots level, at the district level, uh, at the state level. So then what you have is you have a bunch of passionate, capable leaders who understand the pain points and not just a position for bragging rights. True. So to do that, it's, it's, it's easy to say, but yeah, it starts with us. I mean, if we don't start being active, we don't start playing sports seriously. We don't treat sports seriously. If we think sports is just, ah, just an... Leisure. Leisure, you know, if like one day I can do it, then the next time I do it next year, you know, stuff like that. So if we have that attitude, then trust me, Malaysian sports is not going to go anywhere. When when we talk about being active in sports, uh, this one is sort of an old story where we don't have the facilities, there's no access. No, I think when contrary to popular belief, I think we have we have facilities around us. Is whether we are using or not. Look, uh, compare this conversation, say about 35, 40 odd years ago. Okay, let's not even go that far. Let's go to 20 years ago. Look around you. You see a whole lot of high-rise buildings, and every high-rise building, i.e., condos and even office uh, office spaces, they have at least a gymnasium. They have at least a swimming pool. They have at least some form of court, whether it's squash court, badminton court. Yeah. Now, how many people? How everyone, every resident in those units actually pay a service maintenance fee? Now, how many of them actually use those facilities? That's number one. Number two, we talk about squash, for example. It's amazing that at the Asian Games, squash contributed a whole lot of the gold medals. Chunk. Correct? Chunk of it. But how many people actually play squash out there? I think there are more people who play football, who play badminton, who play a lot of other sports. And then squash. So now you imagine if more people actually played squash. Yeah, we can expand the talent pool, the the following for the sports. Right. Uh, coming back for this squash, it's already in the LA 2028. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a foundation. Might be not steady. We have number of players, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, our players are early 20s, so mm-hmm. they have eight years around there. Uh, four years, five, six years to go. Do you see them being medal contenders? Or yeah, of course, w- without doubt. Simply because number one, age is on their side. But as you and I know, in sports, anything can happen. A twisted ankle, you know, a twisted knee can lead we, to something bigger. We had, had Siva Sangari having an accident Correct. before the Commonwealth Games. But age. she provided us with a fairy tale ending. So we hope that this fairy tale of hers will continue, continue. until. LA 2028 but yeah having said that I think I would just like to correct you in the form that I think and I would like to believe that squash has got really good uh, foundation and it's not just based on this set of players mm. I think they've had a very good base for the longest time ever yeah, um, I think I need to mention the likes of Mary Ong with Majimaniam and all these people yeah they were part of that foundation and and we saw the likes of you know your Benghis and your Nicole and your Azlan Iskandar and then followed by today we have Siva Sangari and so many other uh, players yeah so there has been continuity um, yes people like Nicole don't come by every day but yet i would It's stress true. that there were there is continuity um, given the fact that the sport is not widely played not as popular as so many other sports out there so i truly hope that at 2028 squash would actually be on the podium. That's number one. I think they have the capability to do so because they've been consistent um, at the junior level yeah. and also at the senior level. This junior level. is open. We are Correct. consistently there. Correct. Interesting um, that you mentioned Benghi, Hong Benghi. Yeah. Uh, you go a long way with him. Yeah. We covered him also a very long way. The thing that he's now in the US. Yeah, he is. He's spearheading. The so, coaching the US team, yeah. So, how do you see a, a, a close friend, a, a big a uh, name squash player mm-hmm. uh, might be our rival in the for the gold medal let's see if he still stays in us or he'll come back 
Ah, that's interesting. So yeah. you you hear something, is it? No, I mean you know anything can happen in sports. Yeah, anything can happen. US may think that oh they need to get serious and uh, maybe they'll keep Benki or maybe they'll they'll get somebody else to uh, assist Benki or maybe with the fact that squash is heading towards um, 2028, maybe our people here may go like hey Benki come back. You know not only will pay you more but um, you, know, you get to enjoy Malaysia. Weather and food, so yeah. I just remembered he did a fantastic job when he was in Qatar. Yeah. I think there was one player Tamimi. I can't recall his player. He yeah. he was very much involved in in creating a player. He has track yeah. record. Uh, having him, mm-hmm. let's say, on the RTG Road to Gold program towards uh, LA twenty twenty eight, that would be a, a big thing that Look, the MSN KBS need to consider. I think at the end of the day, it's about um, the person's role and. How he adapts to the ecosystem. So perhaps in Qatar, in US, such ecosystems work well for Bengi. Mm. Perhaps they they are in an environment whereby the coach has got like 100% say. I, I don't know. I'm just assuming. Yeah. Uh, maybe perhaps here the landscape is slightly different. There are too many stakeholders. Yeah. You you've got the association. You've also got the uh, uh, people with the money bags, which is the National Sports Council. So then there there are too many voices. Yeah. So we don't know. But uh, look, it's five years. Um, anything can happen between now and um, LA. And also, more importantly, I truly hope that. Squash will not be a one-off because we've seen mm. certain sports um, appearing one time and then only to be dropped immediately Indeed, after. Yeah, um, so I believe US doing well. The Europeans are doing well. The the Egyptian have uh, mm-hmm. they are still there. They are very strong. But the other European countries, it's more widely played. I remember when when Nicole was trying to get it for Tokyo, mm-hmm. for Rio, if I'm not mistaken, I can't really recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, There was not a big collective effort from the from the squash world body if I'm, at at that time. It was limited. The bidding was uh, it was hard. I think Stram really worked hard for it. Uh, we couldn't reach, like you said, we managed to get it done. We need to be consistent. No, I think uh, World Squash Federation has been trying, trying their level best since 1989. They they, yeah, they wanted to bring uh, they wanted squash to be included in 1992 Barcelona uh, Olympics, oh. but what happened throughout is that they were always shot down with the fact that squash was not uh, visible enough um, in the sense that. Look at the end of the day when it comes to Olympics, it's not just about the sport per se, but it's about eyeballs and mm. uh, you know the monetization of the sport and uh, so forth and so on. So that was always the drawback for for the sport. However, for LA 2028, I think um, US has got a keen interest in it. That's for starters. And number two, um, I think uh, the decision makers have realized um, how. Cool um, squash can be. You remember, you know, playing in the glass, glass courts, court. uh, at the pyramids and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it it really creates good optics. So yeah, per- perhaps these these are some of the fancy ways to actually attract um, attention towards a particular sport. Last yeah. part of being in the Olympic talk, mm-hmm. we have a little bit silence from the stakeholders from the RTG. Uh, time is running out. Mm-hmm. Uh, things need to be done. What silence you mean? What kind of uh, silence? We don't know what, how much funding. Well, they were supposed to have a meeting, correct? Yes, and and don't know how much mm-hmm. they are trying to entice sponsors, partners, mm-hmm. but it seems uh, a lot of blank. Well, let, let's give them time. At least till I mean, it's already October, end of October, um, midway. In fact, I would like to treat it as end. So you've got November and December. So hopefully before Christmas, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can hear some form of plans or, or updates or you know what exactly has this top-up service program uh, has to offer. Yeah, who is who is requested for water beds and who is requested for, you know, uh, housing and stuff like that. So uh, it's it's nice to have 
you know a, a full list uh, yeah. a list of what what's needed what Correct. is acceptable Correct. cool cool hopefully uh, it's a christmas wish yeah. wish list uh. hopefully we end the year on a on a good note and moving on things just happen football uh, the malaysia played in the pesta bola merdeka merdeka uh-huh. tournament uh, it drop it people's attention mm-hmm. uh, 30 40000 people in a midweek match mm-hmm. it's a strong showing by the public mm-hmm. in terms of performance uh, we played decently against india mm-hmm. uh, we managed to beat them higher rank opponent mm-hmm. tajikistan another higher rank opponent mm-hmm. the coach claimed that he brought he was without 15 of his players tajikistan uh, tajikistan oh, yeah, yeah. and and they still managed to beat us um 2-0 it's a comfortable win yeah. i do feel that they were in control of the match they would they know what they were doing despite not having almost 15 players mm-hmm. so your assessment Well, I, I'm sure you've read a whole lot of assessment by fans <laughs> um, throughout the two tournaments, and, and uh, I think uh, Dominic Tan has been uh, uh, grabbing the headlines for the not so right reasons. Um, yeah, but uh, I think uh, the the key takeaways. Uh, look, I'm I'm not going to pretend to be coach here and and say that they should have done this, should have done that. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to do that. But what I can say is number one, the fact that we played on that pitch, we just. Spoil the pitch. To be honest, I I view it as spoil, regardless as what people say. Yeah, that that itself was a downer. Secondly, you know, if you understand the history of Pesta Bola Merdeka, it's it's rich. It's what this is the forty second edition. Yes, and it's rich. Yeah, to belittle it, and I'm going to use the word belittle. Eh? To belittle it to just three teams. Yeah, with one team not even playing anyone. Entering into the final, yes, we initially had four teams. Regardless, even if it's four teams as well, I think it's it's doesn't do justice to the name Pista Bola Merdeka. True. And as Dato M Karatu said, he viewed this final as a friendly match, and and that's how I viewed it. And this friendly match was a good eye opener because certain quarters felt that you know the national team, um, you know, is there already. You know, that that excitement, that hype once again, once again living in that bubble. Uh, self illusion and then they use the justification of oh we've climbed 20 you know ranks and all that oh, i mean the ranking <laughs> look to me i will only be convinced if we start and there will be progress if we start being consistent yeah i don't see the consistency there yes we've we've won matches without doubt not taking away from that but th- there should be more and i'm not going to be excited at this point in time mm. i think i've been excited for far too long only to be disappointed yeah So I'm sorry if I sound a bit uh, grumpy or uh, cynical, but that's how it is. Because my faith towards uh, this, just like many others, you know, we've we've been robbed of that excitement so much so that we just get excited for a day or two and then you know, temper your expectation. Yeah, so I, I'm trying to manage my expectations and not to be heartache all it's, the time. It's it's funny that when you mention about the pitch, there was mm. whole big launch. I think you guys did a great job. NST did a great job um, with the pictures and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> it was. I'm sure the phone calls came. I'm wondering how Ajit managed it, but uh, he said, "Okay, we have whatever we needed. I want to this. I want these kind of articles, and and uh, we delivered. Happy for that. Um, yes, that's a problem. Uh, it was so much fanfare. Everything. Oh, we're going to launch this. It's going to be. I think uh, you you must agree with me that the fact that um, there was a poster created for becoming Naib Juara. Second yes, place. Yes. What does that tell you? It's it's how we are accepting being second best. Silver. I remember my my former editor with the star said silver medal is the new goal. It's 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 lowering the bar to that level. There you have it. Uh, Words of wisdom from K Rajan. <laughs> not, no, it's not. It, I, I'm quoting my editor, Mr. Manu. <laughs> it's not my own word, but. 
Yeah. That's how it is. And for the pitch itself, mm-hmm. Pesta Bola Merdeka, it's already watered down. Mm. And then we have uh, a week, three, four days, was talking about the pitch. So, <laughs> so, so, so coming back to the pitch, um, the questions that I raised, um, you know that the Pesta Bola Merdeka will be held at this date. You know for a fact that the pitch was being worked on and there is a schedule. True. Yeah. So, how could you? Yeah. Where, where was the thinking process into, you know, is it, will it be ready in time? Because to be fair, the grass needs to grow yeah so i'm 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 just the, the, perplexed about that i i remember and don't tell me in the, the in the whole of malaysia we can only play at one particular field and what's the fixation about playing in kl yeah. we've got go. we've got fans based everywhere we've got fans in johor we've got fans in drunganu we've got fans in pera we've got fans everywhere sabah sarawak so yeah True. and and you, you some people the way they talk they say that the way You know, you're, you're, you need that stadium because it's as though that we're going to be drawing 100,000, mm. uh, a crowd of, let's say for example, 80,000, 100,000. But how many turned up at the end of the day? Till half the stadium was empty. So And that stadium capacity is doable in other stadiums, right? True. Yeah. The, the part that annoys me, mm-hmm. I remember being a junior reporter, I think uh, you assigned me to cover the stadium pitch condition in 20, mm. 2010. I would presume so, yeah. <laughs> And we are still talking about it Yeah, I know. Now, so how many, I think Rizal Hashim before, he has mentioned this thing. I think so many people have wrote about the stadium, the pitch, and it's going to be a cycle. It's still repeating. And repeating. I hope not. I seriously hope not. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, things do wear and tear. You need to maintain. Uh, it boils down to the maintenance culture. I mean, things do give way. Uh, cars, you know, relationships, <laughs> everything. <laughs> But what you do is you maintain. So, so you ensure. I, I really hope that this whole maintenance culture will be injected Um you know in 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 moving forward focusing a little bit on the performance of the team the coaches uh it was interesting for the longest time we have a national coach who reacting to the opponent's uh, coach mm-hmm. uh, uh they were it was all out mm-hmm. he's calling him a cry baby and and our yeah. guy it's good for <laughs> us right <laughs> it is fun for media but uh it it's interesting when when our coach kim pangun say that oh we are, we are ranked lower uh-huh. we we try, we are the favorites we ended up so it it shows that mentally uh they were they know what they were doing uh, they were smarter and we got baited we got too emotional we thought we would win how that mind mind game affects well any experienced person would know how to get away or get out of or not be drawn into such uh, mind games so i think that itself is pretty much your answer it was interesting when, yeah. when kim pangun said mm-hmm. i couldn't sleep mm. i couldn't sleep i'm playing against india mm-hmm. they are higher ranked than us mm. uh, i couldn't sleep even his, he even revealed that the chef on the hotel mm-hmm. he was confident that malaysia going to win mm. and and we have coached that mm. uh, feeling that team is overachieving mm-hmm. uh, growing up too fast uh, achieving things too fast and and now he's tempering expectation he's saying that oh uh, we play well but we might not win matches which is which is normal it's acceptable in football but the process now when Look, you're doing well he, he can say whatever he wants at the end of the day he's got a KPI so you better make sure that he hits the KPI hits the KPI it's as simple as that you know he can say whatever he wants it's all just uh, uh, you know roses and, and, and stuff like that unicorns and rainbows so yeah <laughs> We will keep that fluff uh, aside. At the end of the day, he's got KPIs. Uh, we've got the F30 plan. So as far as we are concerned, you and I are concerned, um, let's not talk about his tactics because 
They are yeah, the coaches. They are the coaches. They are the experts, not you and I. Despite of the amount of football that we've watched, um, but yeah, we give them that respect. But at the same time, uh, we should actually monitor them based on their uh, KPIs. It's as simple as that. Uh, there was an interesting point uh, mm-hmm. mentioned by the fans on on social media. Mm-hmm. This Tajikistan side, mm-hmm. some of the players were with when they were playing in the qualifier for mm-hmm. World Cup uh, AFC Under 17 qualifiers in Malaysia. We had Lukman scoring four goals against them. If I'm not mistaken, we beat them, but end up this Tajikistan went to the finals, mm-hmm. and then they qualified for the uh, Brazil. If I'm not mistaken, no, I can't remember. They went to the World Cup under 17. They they qualified, played by merit. So it still shows that we have minor victories here and there. So it's about it's it's more about winning the battles, but not the yes. war. Yeah, and we should be in fact winning the wars, not the battles. Yes. So yeah, and and we still have no emphasize. You you have. Talk so much about development, mm. youth football, uh, youth level uh, mm. performance consistently. Uh, this team, uh, despite don't have not having 15 of their regulars, some of the players have played in the youth World Cup, so mm. they are definitely better than our guys. Uh, but we are still focusing on the national team. Our under 23 qualified for the AFC under 23. So I would say by merit, they they were best disciplinary record. We squeeze there, squeeze in to qualify. But do you see more emphasis given to the age group under 17 and so on? So our senior team would be better. If you ask me, there should be enough attention on all, not just because it's the elite level. Um, you you need to give enough emphasis and attention to all, and this includes the women's team. I think for the longest time ever, we've always ignored every conversation. We've always ignored the women's team, and the women's team also is a different ecosystem whereby they've got their senior team and they've got their juniors at every uh, level. Um, You see a lot of women's team, national women's team in the region actually progressing, yeah. Um, but ours are still stuck there we, in third gear. So um, we, we we need to. Yes, I understand. Sports is not cheap, but there needs to be equal emphasis for junior, senior, men's, women's. It's interesting because just uh, last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, FAM President Atul Amidin said, "Oh, I want all futsal, women's football, mm. uh, youth football, all to be given." Uh, same emphasis. At least he he understands Good. what is needed. Finally. He's yeah. first time that yeah. a media saying and and mm. uh, a president of FA agreeing it to it. He has a vision there. Mm. Uh, we have Solin. Uh, a lot of young girls. Uh, the problem is whenever they don't produce result, mm. you can see the nasty comments. Uh, uh, comments will be there. Com- comments will come and go. Look, um, at the end of the day, we can't be too fixated about the comments. We, if there are good stuff from those comments that we can learn from, well and good. But if they are not, we just keep them aside the back burner. I think m- what's more important is the fact that we give them enough competition and we give them enough attention. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you can't bake the cake and eat it at the same time. You know, um, you can't expect to not be under the microscope once you hit a certain level of celebrity-like status. Uh, you, people will not be saying nice things to you all the time. There will be those who will be saying nasty things about you. But at the end of the day, it's about achieving the goal, achieving the vision, and staying true to your principles. So what is the principle here? The principle here is to actually get more uh, women players. And that's the objective as well. True, true. So, yeah. um, it's falling into place. It will take time. Mm-hmm. They need to be patient. Of course, we have been patient with the men's team for the longest. Uh, why not give more faith, uh, more support, being more I, positive? I, I agree 100 percent that we should be giving uh, more attention, spending more attention on the women's team. Um, why is because um, this is mathematics, yeah. I think we've got better, better chances chance. with our women's team than with our men's team because our men's team we've like lagged behind for for. Quite too long. So what we need to do is we need to look at the women's team 
Um, this applies to all sports, yeah, not just football alone. And we should actually pay more attention uh, at the grassroots, uh, get more girls involved in sports, so that they can then be the uh, provide a, like a factory or a feeder system to mm. contributing uh, at the elite level. And you know, one thing that I, once again, sorry to digress a bit, but I think I need to say this. One thing why I I really want the participation of women is because I'm not stereotyping. However, most women will end up becoming mothers. And mothers play a very important role in the family yeah. institution. And when you have mothers who are actually um, promoting a sporting and healthy lifestyle to their families, that's a win already. Yeah, And that will assist any form of agenda or any form of uh, uh, objective to create a sporting nation. Hey, it's very interesting for you to raise up this. Mm-hmm. Sunish Chetri was here. Mm-hmm. His mother was a former Nepalese national team player. Mm. And look what she has produced. This Correct. guy, India, we know it's not a football nation. Mm-hmm. And he's top three uh, behind Messi and Ronaldo in terms right. of goals scored per match. Yep. So, very interesting idea to get mm-hmm. the, the woman mm. sports uh, moving ahead, yeah. uh, being emphasized. They should be encouraged. They should, they should be encouraged at all levels. They, they shouldn't stop after, uh, usually because uh, of uh, puberty and other factors, they often drop out. And it's, it's studies has re- have really shown that. Yeah, um, But we need to encourage, we need to get them going, especially after in the high school and uh, continue in their, you know, under, when they are doing their undergraduate um, and, and later within the community. So yeah, we, we need to really get more women involved in sports. In terms of mm-hmm. women's uh, sports, I think mm. we have corporate uh, badminton leagues, uh, football, Yeah, but do you see um, other avenues? The one that maybe government maybe uh, more emphasize. No, I mean, look at the at the end of the day, it's just about going back to schools, grassroots. That's that's the most easiest way to do things. Go okay. back to schools. Um, you know, get I- ensure that. Okay, you were talking about football earlier, correct? We were talking about football earlier. Now, which school do you come from? Mm. Well, did, did you come from a co-ed school or from an co-ed. all co-ed school? Now, I bet. That your school didn't have a football team for girls. No. Exactly. Why? You see, there's always a football team for the boys, correct? In co-ed schools. But never a football team for the girls. Why? Interesting. Uh, at the same time, mm. I'm sending my son to a football training. Uh-huh. Academy. Girls there. Yeah, I know. Yes. Uh, same. Now, my son goes for, for, for football uh, training academy. Now we can see it. Yeah, but it's still too few. Yes. There's just a handful of them. It, it's still to be a nationwide process, a project, to have the competition. Yeah, you no point, you just... So, to answer your question, I think it starts from schools. So, if we have schools, you know, your badminton team, you have girls team, your... Yeah, Basketball. Okay, your basketball, you need to have girls team. You, your, you know, ping pong, every single sport, you need to have a girls team, especially football. It's as simple as that. Interesting. Starting from school itself yeah. for, for female football, women's football. Yeah. Um, I think we have covered a lot of things today. I think so too. Interesting. <laughs> we have gone everywhere, Olympic. Paris, uh-huh. uh, LA, uh-huh. came back to Asian game and, and uh, it's nice having you around. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having it's, me on the show. It's uh, I went back 10 years back, 20 years back to school and, and uh-huh. came back to Malay Mail and, <laughs> and it's interesting going through the uh, memory lane. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Aris. Okay, don't make time. me sound so old. <laughs> Actually, we are not that part, part right? Yeah, you know, I'm 21. I don't know what oh. you're saying, but anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you're older than me. If you're 21, I'm 20, okay? Again, it's always refreshing to learn things from you. Uh, no, no. I, th- I think we learn things from each other. And I think um, more importantly is to have conversations. True. Yeah? And through conversations, we can spark ideas. And from there, then we can 
you know do something all talk is no, of no point so Hopefully. yeah I, i truly hope that this conversation of our small little conversation of ours can inspire or encourage or perhaps get some people to do something true uh, yeah. hopefully we can move a little bit of pebble yeah, so it, it just uh, snowballs into something positive yeah. again and again thank you so much uh, for coming uh, making no time problem. to attend our session today uh, thank you Most welcome. Uh, this podcast is available on Audio Plus, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And thank you, listeners, for making time to listen to our podcast. Thank you.